Hello, everyone. Today is uh, a day in April. I have no idea which day.、Uh, but anyway, April is Caesarean Awareness Month. So I was kind of thinking about、um, the inequalities in、uh, black maternal health. You know, way more black women and babies die in the U.S. than、um, white women and babies across all socioeconomic, the whole thing. And, you know, Um, here in our modern world, we have this thing called Black History Month, which is February, which is the shortest month of the year. And it's also the month where most suicides are committed. And so I was thinking about the weird, just the weird parallel between this Black History Month, which is just, I mean, it's great that we would learn about Black History, but why February and why only one month? In the face of all these horrific、uh, inequalities. And at the same time, what is Caesarean Awareness Month? What does that even mean? That we should be aware that there's this thing called a Caesarean section where babies are taken out surgically, or that we should try and avoid having them by what, meditating or something? Sorry to be brusque. But I have here <laughs> with me Emily. Hello. Please introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, yeah, I'm Emily. I am a new mom of four month old identical twins, and I am a C section survivor.、Um, yeah, I guess. And I'm from, I currently live、uh, just west of Ottawa. And I think that's the important word survivor.、Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's, I don't think it's something that's, I mean, I've never heard anybody say it. It's something that I've recently, you know, kind of been saying、um, because I am kind of just surviving the aftermath of a C section. And I mean, just surviving.、Um, and, you know, there are things, it's just an experience that I don't think, I think is, yes, it's talked about. And yes, we're trying to normalize it, but are we normalizing it? Is this, should we be normalizing it? Should it be something? I mean, I think it should be something that we talk about, but I don't think everything is talked about. I don't think we really get into the nitty gritty long term effects of a C section. And,、um, and that's, you know, that's currently what I'm dealing with.、Um, yeah. So, for any of you out there that don't know the reality of C section in、um, North America, I'm just talking about a particular lay of the land over here.、Um, the incidence of,、uh, of, of doctors performing C sections has, has risen ridiculously over the past 30 or 40 years. And、um, it hasn't actually made a whole lot of difference to the maternal infant mortality rate.、Um, the World Health Organization suggests that、um, 15% should be the number of C sections that actually saves mothers and babies' lives. Um, I would say, well, the World Health Organization, obviously, that's the world health. So that means mothers and babies that are less、um, well nourished and less affluent than m- many women here. And I would suggest that probably here in Canada, the, the, the rate should be more like 5%.、Mm-hmm. And I think that a C section should really only ever be. An emergency C section. It, it shouldn't be done because someone's sitting at seven centimeters. It shouldn't be done because someone is carrying twins. And it should never be done without the utmost respect and gentleness. And that's why you're a survivor. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, 
yeah, I mean, we give C-sections for just a plethora of reasons. Babies are too big for our bodies. I mean, what, it's, it's just the belief that we could even grow a, a baby bigger than our body or that we could, that our bodies are somehow inadequate, that it, it, it just, this, this idea of a C-section just pours into so many other, um, so many parts of, you know, being a woman, for example, that, you know, there's somehow this inadequacy, there's somehow something inadequate about, about breast milk, let's say, or, you know, that our bodies, there's something inadequate that we can't do it ourselves, that we can't be fully present, that we can't fully complete anything. Um, And it's, yeah, it's upsetting. Well, I've had women uh, speak over the over the course of this podcast since I started it, and um, and a kind of a theme is coming out that basically we are dangerous for our babies. The body is dangerous. The female body is dangerous for the baby within. So usually the baby's better uh, outside of the body, mm-hmm. and so C sections are performed nowadays because baby's too small, baby's too big, um, right. the cervix doesn't open at the required uh, time. There are too many babies in there. Um, there. There are just so many reasons that are not medically sound for performing this surgery. Yeah, and what are you know? What are the lifelong implications of that? You know, like not even the the physical, but the the emotional, the mental, the spiritual belief that you know they're not safe in there. They're not safe in the body that made them, where they were conceived, where they were, you know, where they were, it just doesn't make any sense, you know, and there are a lot of people who buy into this, and there are a lot of people who, who believe that their C-section was necessary, and that's, a, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody has a right to the birth thing is, is is ideal and divine for their baby but for the people who know better for the people who do believe in their bodies and who are you know spend their pregnancies trying to um, do what's best for their baby and trust their body and trust their intuition to have it end that way is very um it's very harsh very hard for that for that person I just I just got a phone call. I've been dealing with so many traumatic phone calls this week. Another phone call that I got was a a, a person who is close to someone I'm close to and uh, just had a baby. Um, just had a baby last week and um, just was calling me for some breastfeeding advice. But it came out that she had a C-section. She said, "Oh, I'm having trouble sleeping because I'm having flashbacks." But that shouldn't be what you're having after you've just given birth to your child. You shouldn't be having flashbacks. You know, it's not like you you should feel like after you feel after you've been abused or, or violated in some way, you should be having remember memory beautiful memories. But you flashbacks is not a thing that you should be having. So where do we move on? This is a reality. Where do we move on with this? Um, I think it's going to come from it's got to come from the, the the side of the physicians and the side of the you know people giving birth and you know what I know well I guess I don't know actually this is this is a hard question I think if we start small and we and we you know 
we start talking about our experiences, I think at the very least, let's talk about it. Let's talk to the people around us. Let's talk to our sisters. Let's talk to our friends. Let's talk to our elders. Let's talk about, you know, our experience of, of having a C-section because I had realized, I don't know anybody in my life, like closely or personally who has had one. Um, and maybe, you know, I don't know if having somebody in my life would have affected my decision to have a C-section, but I think maybe I would have been better prepared maybe for the aftermath for, you know, for the, what would have happened in the actual procedure. Um, but I think at the very least, let's talk about it more. Let's talk about, you know, that it hurts. If it hurt you, you know, tell people, make it known that you are suffering, that you aren't able to fully enjoy your birth experience because it was a C-section. Um, and it's okay to not be okay with it. I think a lot of people like, I, I hate hearing this, but you know, you should be so lucky that you have two healthy babies and that you're healthy. Like, no, that's not enough. Unfortunately, there needs to be a healthy mother too. And there should, a, there should be a very, a healthy mother at the very least, but an empowered mother would be even better. Um, and I think that's where we can start. And I think the more that people talk about it, and the more that, you know, people are aware how interventions can lead to C-sections, you know, maybe we would, we'd make better choices. We'd make different, not better choices, but different choices, more informed choices in the course of our pregnancy. Um, yeah. Well, I think that your situation is very specific because, um, uh, just for some backstory for the listeners, I was speaking with Emily from before she um, had her babies. And because of COVID, it was incredibly difficult for her to find any care that wasn't just straight up, you know, go in for your C-section before you're even due. And like, we know what's best. And um, right. so you got caught in the in the COVID situation, in the medical maternity system situation, um, and I think that one thing that the maternity system doesn't want is empowered women. No, no. So I think it's very purposeful that you're not given information about how, how, how it might hurt, you know, how morphine is one of those things that they give you after a, after a C-section and that they often, I mean, just a side note, they often don't ask people if they're in recovery or not before they want to give them morphine, just no. like. That's just beside the point, I guess. But um, empowered women is not the goal in in the maternity care system as we know it. What is what is the goal is just what you said: healthy babies. Right, and somebody who's gonna you know shake the doctor's hand and say thank you so much for saving my babies. I couldn't have done it without you. I couldn't have done thing. it without you. Yeah, thank yeah. you for delivering my babies. Exactly, exactly, and you know. Over the course of, of my pregnancy, when I was meeting the doctors, I knew that having um, a C-section was a very real reality. And I knew the more interventions that I, you know, accepted and that I was okay with and that I didn't question, like, the more they were going to push it and the more they would just, you know, push, they would just push in general, um, for example, like I remember, at, at, I can't remember how many weeks they offer the, the GBS screening, but at that point I knew that I was going to have a C-section or that it was coming. That, and 
you know, I said to them, I was like, why would I need to be tested for group B strep if I'm, the plan is not to have a vaginal birth? And they looked at me like I had 10 heads. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, you know, why are we even doing this intervention? Why, why am I, you know, so let, you know, letting you into my body even for this additional purpose that's not even necessary? And they couldn't even give me a, a good response. Um, they weren't very happy with me. I felt very un uncomfortable in that um, appointment um, because they made me feel uncomfortable. I'd questioned them and they weren't able to give me a good response. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, they want to have those perfect patients, those perfect pregnant, you know, uh, people who, who just go along with everything they say and they submit to every test and they're there at their appointments on time. But um you know, so long as we keep, we keep doing that and we keep, we don't question anything, nothing is going to change. And even though my story ends in a C-section, I do feel like some sort, I do feel good about how I handled a lot of the tests and a lot of the things that they pushed. Um, for example, like in a twin pregnancy, it's commonplace to have your cervix checked from like 20 weeks on and I never let them check my cervix. I didn't think it was necessary. I, I, you know, intuitively like in my body, I felt like, you know, it's, I don't think we need to do that. I don't think it's necessary. And not only that, but they were giving me, um, ultrasounds where you could clearly see on, on the abdominal ultrasound that my cervix was long yet. They, you know, they insisted that, that somehow an, an internal exam would have, would have also it would have been better so yeah even when you're in these positions even when you're in a so so-called high-risk pregnancy I think it's really important to question these things and to make it this an informed decision that you feel right about yeah so you you also trained as a doula right yes I am a birth doula yeah and I'm a birth companion and I think, but I think that actually that's one of the problems um, because I think that, I mean, it's not a problem that you're a doula. What, <laughs> where, I, where I'm going with that is that one of the problems with um, the natural birth, let's say, let's call it a movement or whatever we are, is that um, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of, preconceptions about making choices and making informed choices right. that can get completely like t-boned by the reality of of um actually having a c-section so yeah uh, or a high-risk pregnancy you know yeah at all yeah 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 and i i um i'm glad you brought that up because you know yeah in the natural birth movement i so to speak i there's a lot of yes i made this i made this decision for my baby not to have this in this intervention i did this and i did this but these we're really focusing on a lot of like textbook pregnancies um not high risk not usually multiples and i think yeah and even myself even before having a c-section i was like absolutely not i would never do this i would never do that but that was under the assumption that, you know, I would have an atypical pregnancy and I would have one baby and it, you know, and I'm healthy and it would just be normal. Yeah. But, you know, that's not the way that it went. And, and I just felt 
immediately when I found out I was having twins, like I didn't feel like there was any room for me in that anymore because the things that people were, were talking about, the things that I had even encouraged other women to do, suddenly they were like, it was a really hard decision. It was a really hard decision to make. Um, you know, for example, like I told myself when I found out I was pregnant, absolutely no um, sonograms. I didn't want any. I wasn't going to do any. I just wanted to leave it as is. And, and that's what I, what I wholeheartedly believed in. But then at my first midwifery or midwife appointment, the midwife had, you know, noticed that I was measuring a little bit bigger than you would at 12 weeks and perhaps my due date was off and my husband was in you know in the U.S. at the time so you know I was like yeah you're right like I really need to know when approximately this baby's going to come so I can ensure that my husband is going to be here maybe I should get an ultrasound and that was you know that's when I found out I was having twins and after that suddenly these decisions that you know I would have so easily made I thought I would have so easily made became very difficult to make. So then is there a one, is there a problem with a one size fits all, um, you know, you can have your best both policy. I do believe that there's a huge problem with it because I know that the people I've worked with over the years um, that I prefer to work with are the people who, for example, can't have a home birth because they don't have a home or, you know, mm. do have high risk because they're, you know, malnourished and, and maltreated or um, can't have a vaginal birth because they've been sexually abused or whatever. So so the one size fits all, like you can believe it if you, you know, do the mantra of, uh, you know, I can birth my baby because birth is gentle and nature's kind and all that. It, do it doesn't really work. No. Um, no. At the same time, because it doesn't work, those ones that don't fit into the one size fits all do not deserve to be maltreated like you were. Right. Right. No, so where's our fight? Where's our, where, where can we, where can we put our energies? Cause certainly, you know, to, for you to stay at home and have a, a you know, a free birth uh, would, would not have been responsible. No. Wouldn't have been I... the best thing for your babies. Exactly. And, and, and how can it be that, you know, I mean, the position that I was in was either completely unassisted or the most assistance you could possibly imagine with like 10 people in an operating room and IVs and blinking lights and everything. So where, yeah, what, I mean, it's funny because in the natural birth movement, you know, people are so concerned with like, you know, the nuances are normal, the nuance, it's all natural, but like, there are, there are more nuances in birth, there is more uh, of birth that I don't think, you know, we're, we're, we're really taking into consideration. And this is one of those, those times. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know where else to go with that. <laughs> what what can what can what can heal you? I think I think that I'm still trying to figure that out, but I think this is a good step in the right direction. I think I don't 
don't know. I feel like I need to heal my, I need to heal. I need to, I still need to accept. I need to accept what happened. I need to accept the experience of a C-section. That's number one. And then that's the first step that I'm making. I'm working on that right now. And then I think number two is like healing the relationship that I have with my womb. Because I kind of felt like, dang, man, you really, really let me down. But I know that, you know, it's, we did our best. We did everything we could. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm so thankful that there are people like you who were part of my journey that really helped me explore every possible avenue. Like that was huge. You know, having people to support me meant so much. And, you know, I know that I explored all those avenues and I made the decision that I felt was right. And that I had, you know, in that moment. And, you know, so, so working on that relationship with my woman, then I think number three, like, you know, as a birth doula and as a you know a birth nerd so to speak i'm i have a very different perspective to bring to this community that um you know i really want to integrate into the work that i do with other people um i think it was totally necessary for me to go through this and like i mentioned to you before I've always learned things the hard way in my life, <laughs> you know, so why would birth be any different? But I learned, I, I, you know, I've, I have a wealth of like, I've gone through a lot of experienced a lot of things and I've always kind of like tried to make a point of, you know, yes, I learned it the hard way, but like, I, you know, I did it for a reason and I'm able to help somebody now because I have this information and you know, that's all that I hope to be able to do with this is to help other people who are in this, ex you know, experiencing this and, you know, give them the information, help them, guide them, be there for them, and then be the f there for them afterwards, which is something that our medical system, I mean, the OBs, the person who performed my surgery, the doctor who had seen me at the hospital, nobody even so much as called me after this, after the surgery. There was no follow-up appointment. There was nothing. And that, you know, that kind of hurt. So I'd really like to be there for that, for that person. I'd really like to be there while they're going through what I'm going through, trying to heal their relationship with their body. And, um, and just, yeah, hopefully we can, we can eliminate, we can minimize the amount of C-sections that are happening, but it's going to take a lot. And, um, but I think if we start small, then it's a lot easier to accomplish. Start in your own backyard. Start in your backyard, which is exactly what I did. I, I have, um, I have personally experienced serious C-section trauma and I started in my backyard and I think that I successfully attended many, 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 what I call, um, vaginal births before C-sections. You know, I was so grateful when I was coming home and I realized, you know, that was another one avoided. Mm -hmm. um, but that takes its toll, too, you know, and then you get the ones that you didn't uh, um, you didn't manage to avoid. And you and you you take that on as your own responsibility, which is just as bad as a doctor saying he delivered your baby, you know. Um, right. But you you mentioned something about healing your body. I think that's important. Healing your relationship with your partner is so important too. Mm. 
and your relationship with your babies because you mm -hmm. come out of that situation just feeling like like okay i'm just i'm done i'm yeah, just yeah. gonna like fuck this you know like yeah. and so it's baby steps it's really baby steps and 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 women need a community after they've experienced that kind of that kind of birth mm -hmm. where where they can talk about it like who wants to say oh no i'm not actually that grateful that i have healthy baby or babies right because you sound like such a selfish person when you say that right absolutely yeah yeah i think um you know covid made it really hard for this whole like for the lying in period for those first 40 days after birth which i think are like even more important when you've gone through something like this like you really need that time for yourself and to connect with your babies and and yeah having a community having people around you to make to to encourage that to facilitate that kind of environment is so important um and that's kind of you know that's that's another effect that's another thing that we've had to deal with um due to uh the virus but yeah So if you had advice, let's say someone calls you because they've heard you on the podcast and they're, and they're pregnant with twins and they're going through what you were going through, what advice would you give them? Wow. Um, I'd say, oh, man. Um, I'd say, first of all, slow down. You know, there is... There, I mean, having twins, finding out you're having twins is finding out you're pregnant is a whirlwind. I think for anybody, finding out you're having two babies, even more so. And then there's all those things that that come with it. And I feel like while I was pregnant, I was so worried, I was so you know concerned about the outcome that I don't think I truly enjoyed being pregnant and having two bodies, two two three mm. bodies, you know. Yeah. And. Uh, I think that's the first thing I'd say is just like, you know, just, just enjoy it, you know, do what you can to, to, you know, prepare and read and, and get in touch with the, your birth gurus and the, and the people who, you know, hold information in terms of, um, you know, twin, twin birth, but just, just slow down, just relax. I don't want to say relax because if somebody told me to relax, I probably would have bit their head off, but just, <laughs> you know, take it all in for a minute. I mean, this is insane. You are carrying two babies. Not everybody gets to do this and you were chosen to do it for a reason. Like, you know, <laughs> because you can, you absolutely can do it. Your body was made to do it. Your babies were made for you and you know, your whatever is meant to be will be your ideal divine birth is there. You can have it, and yeah, just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of like rambly and all over the place. I apologize. I hope we probably have to edit that. But um... oh no, I was gonna say those are <laughs> such wise words, honestly. But yeah, yeah. I guess I'm still. Yeah, I feel like I've just kind of like come out of like a, the birth fog, 
and I'm still trying to understand and piece this all together. But one thing that I do come back to is like, you know, it might not have been what I wanted. It definitely wasn't what I wanted. But I think I was, you know, I went through that experience for a reason. I am here to, you know, to help and to educate. And, and that's what I'm going to do. Thank you so much. You, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna really make a change. You really will. And I know, you know, those of us who have those scars on our bodies and psyches, um, we just make a bigger change. That's all. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I think, uh, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you were able to help me, that we were able to connect because I, you know, had we not spoken and had I not been introduced to you, man, oh man, you know, having somebody who had also gone through a birth trauma and kind of like, you know, was able to, you know, do something with it has made a world of a difference for me. So at the very least, you know, that's what I want to do for somebody else. And I think that's what we can all do if we do carry birth trauma is, you know, try your best to reclaim it, take baby steps. If you can't, it's not going to happen overnight, but at the very least, like share your story and share your message with other people. And, and just by doing that itself, you can, you can help someone. Absolutely. Hold hands. Yeah. Yes. I always ask my people for one word to put out there. So if you only had one word to share with our listeners, what would that be? to share breathe <laughs> wonderful <laughs> I just love how everyone has a different word <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you so much and as you know life is all ups and downs so I'm happy that you're feeling great today and I know that there's going to be you know some more clouds that you're going to go through and then it's going to get sunny again and then cloudy again and you know that's life but thank you for being so brave and courageous and and thank you for everything you are doing and you will be doing for women on the planet yes thank you 